0: You are listening to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. This is Michael Litchens with you all once more, your faithful editor here, talking about the latest Catholic news and ideas. And right now, with the Synod going on and with many things going on, there's a lot of questions about Catholic education, Uh, namely, what have Catholic schools been doing, what's been going on. Why are kids leaving the church even after 12, 15 years of Catholic schooling? And today I have probably one of the better folks to talk about this, Charlie McKinney, over here at Sophia Institute Press. Many of you who have been listening to the podcast might recognize him. He was here a few months ago when we were talking about A.D. The Bible Continues. And today he's going to share his insights on education. So Charlie, welcome to the Catholic Exchange Podcast. Hi,
1: thanks for having me, Michael. It's good to be with you.
0: It's our pleasure to have you here as well, always. Uh, Now, to dive right in, first question, and I get this actually a lot in emails. uh, Parents are saying, you know, our kids are leaving the faith. Too often they're leaving, even after attending Catholic primary school, middle school, high school, Catholic colleges. And some people said they've had their kids in Catholic schools basically since kindergarten and pre-K. And yet they leave the church, or they just don't know enough about the faith when they graduate. They don't even know the basic fundamentals. How does that happen in a Catholic school system?
1: Well, look, I think the ground has shifted over the past 40 years in Catholic education, Mm -hmm. and it happened under the noses of the bishops and others who were unaware that things had changed. You know, secularism has taken its rise over the past 40 years or so. There was the sexual revolution. Then there was confusion, which is very common after. Uh, church councils. There was some confusion after yeah, Vatican yeah. II, uh, and then at the same time, you know, Catholics were sort of coming out of the ghetto, if you will, in the 1960s. Their schools were becoming more Ivy League. John F. Kennedy becomes president, so no mm-hmm. longer were they in these sort of tight knit communities, but they sort of had made it big, if you will. And so the the combination of secularism, the sexual revolution, the confusion after Vatican II and the rise of secularism, all of that sort of combined to hurt the church as a whole, and Catholic education was part of it. And so you saw the watering down of catechesis over many years, and what inevitably happened was that a lot of Catholic school teachers, folks who were hired as Catholic school teachers, no longer had that really strong, uh, deep catechesis that the nuns and priests who were running Catholic education before had. Now, people didn't really realize that this shift had occurred, and so folks have been sending their kids to Catholic schools expecting that they were getting that deep spiritual and catechetical formation that they had received when they were in school decades ago, but it just wasn't being given anymore. And so then you look at Mm-hmm. You look at some of the statistics, which are really sad to see that you've got a third of Catholic school graduates leaving the church within three months of graduation. And then you see a lot of folks who whose kids become 20 and 30 and 40 and they're drifting away from the faith and they step back and they're wondering what in the world happened. We lived, We went to mass every week. We raised our kids in the faith. But unfortunately, it it wasn't being strengthened at school, and it was often, in some cases, the faith was undermined. And then once they got into secular culture, they just didn't have the background information that they needed to withstand it. I mean, it's sad to say... But it's not really surprising, given what had ha- what has happened in our culture over the past 40 years, we have Catholic school s- uh, students graduating without a basic understanding of the faith, or or in many cases, even a relationship with Christ.
0: Yes, and uh, you mentioned there was the secularization going on, and it's a no-brainer. We've gotten more secular over the last 50 years, that anyone could tell you. Do you think the culture has been affecting Catholic education, or is it the other way around? We just haven't been strengthened enough, and therefore we're not... Dealing with secular is enough. What do you think yeah, is the uh, well, root cause definitely of that? I
1: think that secularization, it's, it's impacted those who had graduated and didn't get a good education. And then they become teachers or they become leaders in some, in some way. And uh, it affected in that way the education that the students receive. Because the, the folks who are now teaching in many cases and not all cases, but in many cases, the teacher just lacks, lacks that basic catechesis. And if the teacher doesn't, the teacher cannot give what he or she doesn't have. And I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm just saying that they're not, uh, in many cases, uh, have this deep catechesis that is needed to pass down to the kids and develop them into informed and practicing Catholics.
0: Absolutely, and obviously we're not saying anyone here is bad people. Catechesis has not been as high point, especially here in the United States, for three three or four generations now, and it's uh, almost, tell me if this is fair or not, it almost seems like it's the blind leading the blind in catechesis at times. Oh yeah, I times. think that's
1: definitely, and you know, some of the programs that, that we run through our Sophia Institute for Teachers program, we'll do pre- and post-tests, to see what knowledge, the knowledge level the student, the teachers have going into the program. And I've got to tell you, in many cases, like we won, ran one program, I'm not going to name the city, but 68% of the teachers thought that the purpose of mass was to celebrate community and diversity. Now, this is a multiple choice question. That was an extreme example, but in most places, 50, 40% of the teachers don't have a basic understanding of what the Mass is, what baptism does. Most of them know that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Christ, but a lot of them, you know, getting deeper into into the theology or into apologetics, there's just a huge lack of knowledge there. And like I said, you just can't give what you don't have. And
0: Absolutely. students
1: are looking to the teacher. I mean, this is a role model, uh, not not just for spirituality, because if that teacher's on fire for Christ, those kids are going to be on fire for Christ. That teacher mm-hmm. knows their faith. The kids will know their faith. And so, you, yeah, like you said, it's oftentimes the blind leading the blind. And in many cases, they don't even realize they're blind.
0: Right. And about the Sophia Institute for Teachers, let our readers know Charlie started the Sophia Institute for Teachers with Sophia Institute Press and this is now one of the arms of the Apostolate uh, which is our parent Apostolate here at Catholic Exchange. Sophia Institute for Teachers, if I understand Charlie, their main mission is to train the teachers who will be teaching our children in Catholic schools.
1: Yeah, that's right. So what we what we do is we offer catechetical formation and spiritual formation for Catholic school teachers and through day-long programs we give them background knowledge Mm-hmm. And then we have a master teacher that then tells them, how do you take that knowledge that a scholar just gave you and actually apply it into the classroom? And we spend a lot of time with them on what does it mean to be, uh, what is the vocation of a teacher? What does it mean to be the spiritual leader of the classroom, to be the the former of the faith uh, for those children? Obviously, the parents are the, they're the, number, they're responsible for the education of their children. But at school, it's the teacher. Yes, And so by giving them the background knowledge, the teaching strategies, and then ready to use instructional materials, we're equipping teachers and giving them everything that they need to form their students and develop them into practicing Catholics.
0: The question I think some folks are asking is, why are the teachers just, I mean, it sounds like in many cases, especially when you mentioned, you know, 60% of teachers in one program, thought the masses' purpose was celebrating diversity and community. Did they not get this training in college or primary Catholic schools? I think you kind of answered this, but it's still a question that I have going on in my head.
1: Yeah, they, they, they unfortunately, they didn't. I mean, we, we know very well documented is the trend in Catholic education and mm-hmm. higher education that there was kind of a dumbing down of the faith that undermined the teaching. But what we do know, Michael, is that in the Knights of Columbus had done a survey perhaps about five years ago in which they, they asked Catholic school teachers the degree to which they want to know the faith, the degree to which they feel responsible for teaching the truths of the church, the degree to which they feel that their teaching of religion has on their own spiritual life. And what the surveys showed was that in all cases, the teachers have goodwill. Like they want to grow in the faith. They want to know more about it. They want to teach the truth. Uh, they just don't necessarily know how they have not been given that training or those tools. And that's where we step in and try to provide them what they need. And it's, it's interesting too. You know, we were the programs that we run. They're faithful to the church. They're strong. We'll talk about marriage, for example, and we'll talk about the the magisterial teaching on marriage between a man and a woman. And we explain how marriage is a reflection of the Trinity, where the Father pours out all that he is in love to the Son, who pours out all that he is in love to the Father, and out of their mutual self-giving love comes the Holy Spirit. And that's a model of the family of the husband and wife with the mutual love from which uh, flows children. And when teachers come out of this, they, they're like, I've never heard this explained this way. I've never heard anybody articulate in a, in a theological and in an understandable way what the church is teaching is on marriage or on contraception or on many issues that are controversial in our day. Now, a couple of teachers at each program might be upset. Because we're taking a, a position that's consistent with the catechism of the church. But we were actually blown away at how many teachers were just grateful for a deeper understanding of the faith. And so what that tells us is that there's not, there's not really hostility out there towards the truth. There's just a malformation or a lack of formation that, that needs to be addressed. And these teachers are hungry for it. And that's why I think our programs have been so successful and well-received by teachers, because we're we're feeding that hunger.
0: Absolutely. And I definitely noticed that a little bit in my work here at Catholic Exchange. Uh, Fulton Sheen had that great phrase, there are not 100 people who hate the Catholic Church, but the millions who hate what they think is the Catholic Church.
1: Yeah, it's a great quote. It,
0: it really is. And it sums up uh, my experience in We reach – Catholic Exchange reaches many, many people, and I was surprised to learn that I'd say uh, roughly 20 percent of our audience is not Catholic. They're either Protestant. Quite a few atheists read us, and they're excited to learn about the faith, to learn why we believe what we believe and are open and receptive. And it sounds like that's exactly what you have when you're training teachers with the Sophia Institute for Teachers.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. Because look, Michael, we know from what you do through Catholic Exchange every day, what we do through the books that we publish at the Institute Press, people are hungry for the truth. And we know that the Catholic faith, it, it makes sense. It's rational, and it's got a tradition behind it. It's got the history of the faith is all pointing towards Jesus Christ it's pointing towards the truth. It's rational. It makes sense. And I think people are attracted to, well, they're attracted to truth. We know that. And so I think any time that you can give folks the truth in a charitable way, then they're going to, if they're on a true search for truth, they're going to find it. And so, and I think what you do at CatholicExchange.com and the, and the articles you publish through there is it just hits the nail on the head. And, and I, and we're doing the same thing through Sophia Institute for Teachers and giving it to teachers in a way that they can use it in the classroom. That's very practical and it's turnkey. And I think that's why it's, it's proving to be such a success.
0: Absolutely, I could not see that totally. Another question I wanted to ask you in your work with Sophia Institute for Teachers, or any of the work you're doing, and through all of Sophia's great programs, do you see the institutional church doing something to strengthen Catholic education, especially primary education?
1: Yeah. So, at the when when we first started talking, I I mentioned some of the the problems that had led to led to the decline of Catholic education. But I tell you, I'm extremely hopeful because. I'm I meet I meet with folks in dioceses across the country, little dioceses, big dioceses. Most of the time, perhaps even ninety, ninety-five percent of the time, these are people who recognize the problem and they're eager to solve it. The problem, though, is oftentimes they just don't know how, and that's why we, you know, our program is is turnkey, so that a diocese can bring us in and and it's it's ready to roll, and it's been proven to be effective. But I think to answer your question that you see a lot of diocese who now recognize the problem and are taking steps to fix it. And of course, this, it's a big, it's a big problem and it'll probably take a generation to fix it and clean it up. But I see and I'm very hopeful. Uh, to see so many superintendents and so many bishops who are now putting an emphasis on the revitalization of Catholic education.
0: That is encouraging to hear. Believe me, that's wonderful to hear. I guess uh, something I have to ask is I have many friends who are teachers. I thought about teaching and I've been a student teacher before. Teachers, there's so much they have to do, so oftentimes they rely on textbooks. Do you think the textbooks teaching the Catholic faith are reliable and useful as they stand now?
1: Well, there are a couple of textbooks that aren't you know they're not very popular but they're good but i would say sadly that the most popular textbooks what is used in perhaps 80 to 90 percent of catholic classrooms are not reliable it's not that they're outright heretical 10 years ago they were but the usccb has made a very admirable push to clean out a lot of the heresies that were in catholic textbooks what I would say that you've got in most instances is just weak it's weak sauce. You know, it's it, it, it's not focused on spiritual formation. Well, let me give you an example. The number one cat most used Catholic textbook in the country on the lesson plan on the on the lesson related to baptism, there's no mention of original sin.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Or you go to the section on the Eucharist and there's no mention of the, well, first John six, which is, you know, St. John's, you know, recounting of Christ's teaching on the Eucharist. There's no mention of the one hour fast before taking communion. And there's no mention of, say, the tradition of Eucharistic adoration. So you're going to teach your kids on the Eucharist. You're not going to tell them You're not going to tell them about Eucharistic adoration, you're not going to tell them about the fast before Mass, and you're not going to tell them its basis in Scripture. Now, these examples go on and on. I'll just give you one more. The corporal and spiritual works of mercy in this textbook, number one textbook being used in the country, aren't listed. The corporal and spiritual works of mercy Wow. But if you go to the section on environmentalism, it'll tell you that you can fulfill your works of mercy by recycling. Now, fine, recycling is a, you know, it's a good
0: thing. It is, but wow.
1: But to, but to say that it, it's, you know, it fulfills your work of mercy. I I don't know. That's just not the way to present that teaching. It's a profound teaching and it is just glossed over. So what we do, we, through our materials that we develop, we try to address all those problems so that, so that teachers have something that they can use to help give their students something that's very substantive and spiritually forming so that they can develop their relationship with Christ.
0: So in all these textbooks and everything like that, are you guys doing anything right now? I know you publish and have these programs, and you publish study guides for the teachers. Is Sophia Institute Press or Sophia Institute for Teachers doing anything about the textbooks and, you know, trying to make sure we have one that actually goes in depth that can be used in Catholic schools across the country?
1: Yes, yeah, that's a, I'm glad you asked that. The, what we've been doing through Sophia Institute for Teachers is developing a series of teacher's guides. Now, these are supplemental. So when a teacher gets to the section in the textbook on, say, the seven sacraments, they can take our teacher's guide and it kind of overlays the textbook and gives them everything they need to teach the lesson. So, for example, in, when you look at when you look at your typical textbook, you still the teacher still has to develop a lesson plan to teach that. content. Yes. And that content is going to be good based on the knowledge of the teacher. The textbook doesn't give them a lesson plan. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done is we've developed those lesson plans for the teachers. So with minimal prep, they can walk into the classroom and they've got everything they need to engage their students. So we've got background readings. We've got student homework. We've got classroom activities, games, role plays, tests, like the whole nine yards. So even if you have a very basic knowledge of the faith with our lesson plans, you can walk in and you can begin to engage your students with the faith. So we've developed a lesson, we we've, we've developed supplemental teachers guides on the sacraments, on the beatitudes. We just released one on mercy, on God's mercy throughout salvation history, we're working on another dedicated uh, to the uh, sacrament of confirmation. And so we came up with our first guide about 12 months ago and we're you know releasing one every 4 or 5 months. That's the plan, at least. It's been so well received that in our follow-up evaluations, we're seeing that two-thirds of these teachers are using our materials in the classroom within four weeks of receiving them. And so they're fine. And the the anecdotal feedback has just been incredible, uh, to how useful the teachers have found it because it's substantive. It's orthodox. It's user-friendly. And it's ready to roll.
0: All these programs, it sounds like you really make it easy for the teachers to really like just take this all and be able to be fully equipped into the classroom on day one. How about from the children's side? of? Is there anything going on that we might be able to do to like help them to like provide parents with a good material to really equip their kids at home while they're also learning this at school?
1: Yeah, so we've got some plans which were in the very infant stages mm-hmm. of development a new program called Sophia Institute for Families that would be sort of an in-home faith formation. You know, Michael, I, you know, I'm a convert. And when I mm-hmm. became Catholic, I had two young children at the time. I now have four. But when we converted, we had two young children. Of course, we were on fire for the faith and eager to make sure our children understood the faith. But we didn't really know where to start. You know, there's, there's so much there and there's so much to teach. We just didn't know where to start, and so I'd all I've always thought that if we can give parents who are eager to pass on the faith, a uh, easy to use and step by step by step guide for teaching the children the faith, the parents teaching the children, then that would be a huge resource for them. And so we're in the process of developing that. Right now, we're just doing okay. kind of our, our market analysis and our planning phases. But what you what you touched on is a huge need that that we need to address.
0: Great and I mean I know Sophie Institute for Teachers is growing and uh what amazes me about this and what my friends who've gone to the Sophie Institute for Teachers programs in different archdioceses as Catholic school teachers they're especially pleased that they're free because well teachers budgets are never very high. Uh but as it's growing what are plans for the future?
1: Well I tell you you know right now Michael we're in we're in 15 dioceses Across the country, we've either uh, scheduled or already hosted over a hundred teacher training programs for seventy-five hundred teachers, and this is all in fourteen months. Wow! And we're giving teachers the tools, the training, the formation, everything that they need to pass on the faith to their uh, to their students. And so, next we're you know our goal for next year is to be in thirty dioceses. It all depends, truth be told, it all depends on our ability to secure funds from philanthropists who are interested in Catholic education. Most dioceses put uh, very little, and frankly, in most cases, no money into catechesis. And so they don't have a budget line to fly our master teachers in or to give the materials. And so we take it on ourselves to secure the funds from those who uh, are able to help bring our program into town. That's the only thing holding us back. In almost every diocese that we've approached or archdiocese, they've accepted our program. Uh, we're training uh, – we're doing 15 teacher training programs in New York. We're training every single high school teacher in Philadelphia and several hundred elementary teachers, several programs in Los Angeles, in Austin, Pittsburgh, Palm Beach, Bridgeport, you name it. And, uh, and we're eager to expand and we're continuing to expand. And so we'll keep developing the, the teacher's guides. We'll continue to develop to host additional teacher training workshops and and go wherever the Lord takes us.
0: Beautiful. I really like to hear that. Final question, if someone's hearing this, if they happen to be a school teacher or if they're involved with Catholic schools and they're thinking, you know what, we could really use this uh, SOV Institute for Teachers program, what can they do to possibly find out more or even to get you guys over to them?
1: So if you go to our website, sophiainstituteforteachers.org, and Sophia is spelled S-O-P-H-I-A, sophiainstituteforteachers.org, what teachers will find are several things. One, we have a Catholic curriculum exchange where we've got hundreds of ready-to-use lesson plans, every subject matter, every single grade level, to help integrate the Catholic faith across Mm. every discipline. Then we've also – you could sign up to get our email newsletters, which include every week a lesson plan on the upcoming Sunday Gospel, so you can engage your students with the Sunday Gospel before they go to Mass. Lesson oh. plans on the current events, like, you know, the war in Syria is a great opportunity to talk about just war theory, right? You can use these current events as teaching tools that help the students apply the faith outside the classroom. So we have got all kinds of resources like that. What's been really popular is our Sophia Sketchpad animated Video series that is just incredible—over a hundred thousand views in a few months' time. Yes. Where we to explain the Eucharist, confession, marriage. We'll have one out on confirmation in a couple of months. Uh, those have been extremely popular. So all of those activities and resources can be found at SophiaInstituteForTeachers.org.
0: Great. And we'll put those links uh, to not only Sophia Institute for Teachers, but also to, I believe it's the Sophia Sketchpad that is the animation. That's right. Uh, we'll put links up for all those on our show notes when this is published. So if you are listening to this, go to Catholic Exchange, and you didn't get the website, go to CatholicExchange.com. You'll find it right there, easy for you to click and get linked up right away. But with all that said, we're about out of time. I do want to take a moment, Charlie, to thank you so much. This has been an interesting discussion that I'm always curious about, and I think many of our listeners are. So thank you so much for joining us and enlightening us on the problem, but more importantly, what we can do about it.
1: That's right. Thank you, Michael.
0: It's our pleasure. And to all of you who are listening, you can go to catholicexchange.com and find these links to Sophia Institute for Teachers, as well as the Sophia Sketchpads. And I've seen all these animations. We've shared them on our Facebook groups. They are amazing, and they are well worth your time. If you have any questions or you'd like us to talk a little bit more in depth about this, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at editor at catholicexchange.com. We also have a contact form if you go to catholicexchange.com and want to find us that way. But let me know, put it in the comments, or send me an email, and I'll be delighted to hear from you. Once again, this was Charlie McKinney who was speaking with us, and I wish you all a great, blessed week. Uh, Pray for our schools, pray for our bishops, especially as they're in the Synod, for the family. God love you. Have a wonderful week.